Welcome to What's My Thesis. I'm your host, Javier Proenza. Every week, my guests and I share the answers we found to the questions we have. Join us as we explore and expand our worldview through research and ask, what's my thesis? And today, my guest is Deborah Bros. Or do you, how do you say bros? You just say bros? Yeah. <laughs> it's just Perfect. like, it's, it's almost, it's amazing. It's an amazing name then. Like what, what, do you know anything about like the etymology behind it or? Um, it's, it's Czech. Um, that's basically what I know is it's Czech and most of my growing up people, um, would mispronounce it bras, which is really embarrassing when you're like a seven year old girl and you have a substitute teacher and someone is like bras, bras, <laughs> where are the where's bras? <laughs> I did fight the impulse to say it like that. Cause it's like, I don't know. It's definitely, it's, it's a charged word. I've had, uh, I've had confrontations with people about that. And, uh, and so I totally understand, uh, that you might not have had such an easy time with it. <laughs> yeah, no, right? it was, it's just funny. Everyone wants to put an E on the end and I'm like, no, it's bros. It rhymes with bros. Like, just remember <laughs> it that way. Just say I'm just bros. one of the bros, man. <laughs> cool. Right. Exactly. <laughs> And then, so, so for people that don't know you, uh, we kind of know each other. I've actually, I'm actually really excited because every time I get someone in this space, I, we've, you are one of the people that when I see you at openings, I've had longer conversations with rather than, you know, so that's nice. I feel, so I do feel like I have a sense of you, but my first thought is that I'm like, do you know, uh, Mephisto from, uh, South Park? The, the genetic. Oh yeah. <laughs> How many asses have you put on anything recently? Because <laughs> if it's only got, if it doesn't have four asses, it's useless. Right. <laughs> that's a that's a reasonable question. I remember there's one where he combines um, something with Swiss cheese and a beard, and it's just total nonsense. I'm like, I love the the nonsense creations. Yeah, I recently played the video game and and there's a storyline with him in it and it's just I forgot. Like I completely forgot the four asses thing. <laughs> or like the the adding acid like that's that's his genetic. That's a, that's really good you mentioned that one because that's an old one and I'm more familiar yeah. with like the that what do you the get older okay. episodes? For well, for people that don't know, like let's clue people in. So what how would you describe what you do to ceramics? Um, so basically what I do is I go to thrift stores and I find, um, old kitsch ceramics and, um, I cut them up and then I piece them back together using ceramics restoration techniques. And so they come out really seamless. Um, and like, they look like they were born that way. Um, but mm -hmm. I turn them into like, some people think they're freakish. Some people think they're cute. Um, but they're just mostly combined animals or animals with, um, different additions, like many legs or many ears or um sometimes actually i have one where i've stripped it of all its like legs and ears and so it's just like this like almost like a snowman with you know <laughs> just its little eyeballs left yeah um so it's all about like altering these kitsch figurines so so don't reveal the topic yet because i'm definitely within this context i want people i want this to be a big reveal even though it says it on the on the list thing but at least let me have fun with it but yeah so that's why immediately and and i have uh so there's like a bit of overlap i wouldn't say that your work looks anything like it uh, uh like uh what's her name uh oh, i'm blanking right now adrian adrian suck mm -hmm. oh, adrian Sachs. Adrian does not suck. That's just her Instagram name. That's her Instagram <laughs> handle. 
and she just graduated, so congratulations. But yeah, so I think that her, I don't know, your yours is. I mean, you do also stuff with with stuffed animals as well, right? But it, it's a <clears> different <throat> space. Are you also someone that? like does not feel like you're doing something dark when you're doing this or do you lean into that and sort of because you're kind of mad scientisty a little bit yeah yeah you know it's funny for me um I don't other people find them so much more dark than I do like uh. I don't I mean I don't think they're I think they're weird and I think they're funny but mm. I don't for the most part, I don't find them scary. Like I just, you know, I'm, and it is kind of mad sciencey in a way that I'm like, every creation I made is just like, so, you know, is like interesting or, Mm -hmm. um, I don't, I don't know. I don't think they're, it's not really about like, I'm not a, I'm not really like a horror person or anything like that. Um, I just, funny you say that. Just like, just as a Dakota nude, I didn't listen yet, but I saw that you interviewed him. Sorry, um, I cut you off. Like this is not my alley. <laughs> but yeah, I listened to that episode. I listened to the episode with Adrienne, and it's funny because we have like all this cuteness overlap. Because I uh-huh. love taking the cute things and then just like you or kitsch and the kitsch things, like the episode you did with Anna. You know, talking mm-hmm. about kitsch and um, and so I love like getting all those things and you know, putting a different edge to it or like a twist on it. Yeah. Um, so it's not about being scary. It's kind of, I think it all ends up coming down to like being a weird kid in a, Uh in a, in a a space where, where you feel like a weird kid and you're like, but, but I'm okay. And so like, I take these really (laughs) benign things and make them weird because I find weirdness so acceptable. And she's like, everybody should be weird. It's so much better. And Uh so I'm like trying to sell people on the idea that weirdness that I made is, is good. Like they don't have a reason to be afraid. Do you also have an interest in uh, in uh, what's it called? What's that thing? The the animals, stuffed animals, but that aren't stuffed animals that are like actual uh, taxidermy. Oh, taxidermy! Yeah, I mean, like I'm I'm really intrigued by it. Like I love I love like just looking at animals. And I you know when I was a kid, I had all these books, like encyclopedias of animals, and I would just look and yeah. see all the different ones and. You know, I was just obsessed with like looking at these drawings of all the different types of animals and learning about them and like where they lived and what kind of just what every like the you know the platypus anteaters what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, the platypus these... is an interesting animal for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, but then that's also interesting because I think you more directly are doing things like I think plushed animals are like when, when you're doing with the ceramics, first of all, the fact that like, I don't think a lot of people know anything about ceramics restoration. So I don't think they know you can make things look that seamless. So right there, there's a psychological element that just kind of fucks with you right there. Cause it's like, it looks like it was made like that. So Mm -hmm. the craftsmanship is definitely there. But I think that like when I think of uh, the cuteness that you're dealing with, it's a little bit more nostalgic and romantic in like a classic, like in like a Norman Rockwell-y kind of, you know, because the figurines are so much in that vein. Whereas, I mean, like you do stuff with stuffed animals too, but like I think the mutations, it's interesting how 
you can guys you guys have a similar approach to like how you're taking your materials and you're combining them and they already have is in essence an identity right like they exist as as something and you're kind mm -hmm. of like i don't know there is there there's an interesting thing there and then the other thing i think where it gets dark is that we associate things like that like if if that came out of a womb or like an egg, it would be fucking horrifying. I don't care who you are, how cute it is. <laughs> you see that shit, <laughs> you know, like, why does this rabbit have no ears? You have an expectation there. Or why does it have two heads? Like, you know, when that shit goes awry. So I think that it's fair also to sort of project, uh, you know. And I mean, I do use a lot of like scientific references or things that, um, you know, come up in, in, in like farming, like things come out with yeah. two heads occasionally yeah, um, and no. that usually, like <laughs> doesn't live very long or like goes to a, you know, or back in the old days would go to like a weird freak show or whatever. Um, so I do use a lot of those like concepts when I make the work. And one of the very first pieces I made was, it was these two lambs. Um, well, it ended up being a two headed lamb. Um, but it was all about like, you know, when Dolly the sheep, the clone sheep thing happened like in the late nineties and people were so like terrified of what the results would be. Like yeah. you could see all these news articles where people are like, we're just going to make freaks now. You know, we know how to clone <laughs> all we're going to do. Like everything's going to be some freak of nature and we're going to live in a society that is like, full of freaks. And, you know, and I just, I wish. it was like so bloated. <laughs> Um. <laughs> well, and then there's also the, yeah. I mean, I just felt like have you ever watched, uh, uh, I mean, don't do this. Like I'm not, I don't recommend it. This is not like, Hey, you should go ahead and do this. It'll scar your eyes. Uh, you, uh, but like when you look at like mutated animals in uh, Chernobyl and all of that, like it gets pretty fucking crazy. Like what can happen to creatures? So like there is something so there's almost, even when it's cute, there is like a grotesqueness to it, right? That's like, yeah. it's cute, but it's off-putting. So it's this dichotomy of these two, like, <laughs> you know, well, things that don't go really, together usually. Yeah, I think that what the cool part about that is too, is that like kind of, so normally those kitsch objects that we, that are made, like kitsch ceramics, um, it's uh -huh. normally like, oh, this is, we're going to make something that's like, adorable and benign and easy to swallow and easy to look at. And so then if you take, you know, something like a Cyclops sheep and turn it into a ceramic figurine, um, people are like that, you know, that thing was a freak. They were afraid of that thing. And then all of a sudden you put it into this medium where it's like benign um, yeah. or supposed to be like adorable and cute. And so it sort of jumps this mental bridge people have. Um, I just really like that. And I don't know. I'm still so interested in all the, all the like, you know, um, there was like a kitten with two faces that was born a couple of years ago. Not two heads, just two faces on the same yeah. skull. Yeah, yeah, I think I've seen that and, one. I mean, I don't know. It's fast. Like, I don't know. Nature like fucks itself up all the time. And it's so well, amazing. If that cat... Uh, it turned out that having two faces was practical. It might be like the new cat, you know, like, like if, right, it, right. if it helped it survive <laughs> and those traits would pass down, like we would have two face cats. That's interesting to think about, you know, but, uh, yeah, like 
because we're so perfect, right? As humans, mm-hmm. <laughs> all of our bodily <laughs> functions and everything, it's all so pristine and perfect. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. What's that? Oh, I was just going to say that it's, um, you know, the whole thing about nature and evolution or whatever, it's not, we have this version of like, right. And I'm like, nature isn't trying to make things right. It's yeah. just... Make you know it's kind of like throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks in a weird way, or like um, you know things that unexpected things just happen and you kind of have to go with it. <laughs> Do you ever get into the space where you're like, well, what if these sheep, if they were like six sheep and they had an orgy? And somehow, <laughs> you, you get what I'm saying? Like, do you put backstories to how these creatures came to be? I mean, obviously, you don't have to picture duck orgies. Um, so actually, there's sometimes, there's this <laughs> poem, an old kid's poem. Um, it's by Edward Lear, who's like English, I think. Um, but it's called The Owl and the Pussycat. And it's a, it's a poem for kids, but it's about an owl and a cat that like fall in love and run away together. Um mm. And so like a long time ago, I made, I made a piece of like, that look was supposed to be their child, you know, it's like a, a cat with an owl body, like perched on a branch. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I occasionally think about like the origin stories or I more think about like how the things would be if they actually came to life. And I always have a story for if ever if someone's like, this is horrible. I'm like, but I have a story to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> wait people say would people straight up tell you this is horrible like in a in a like people, appreciative way or they're just like this is an abomination i've had both really had both. that's cool <laughs> yeah. that you get a reaction like that <laughs> well i used to do um when i lived in austin we did a like an annual studio tour and so it was just open to the public and whoever wanted to could just come in your studio and like look at your stuff and i had mm. a lot of um, I mean, I had a lot of good reaction, like mostly good reaction or people were just like, oh my God, I can't stand it, but I also love it. And then there were people that are like, this is a freak. You're a freak. Stop making this. You're like destroying, <laughs> like just des- des- destroying something like some kind of culture. Or I don't know what. Wow. I wonder where that the the confidence to tell you that comes from. <laughs> I don't know. What I always wonder is I'm like, why are you so scared of everything? It's a ceramic figurine. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I have it has crossed my mind. It's like, what kind of birth canal would give like, you know, would allow for all these limbs and all these things? You know, it it does it's an interesting thing where it does kind of uh bring up a lot of questions if you start to actually sit there. Right. right. 25 minutes in, what's your topic? (laughs) Okay. So my topic, um, I want to talk about coincidence and serendipity basically. Um, and what I mean by, and yeah, I know really weird, right? Well, you already talked about cute stuff. You talked about kitsch with somebody else. Everything. Hey, "Hmm." everybody has their own take on something. That's fine. You can, you know, No, but the reason why I want to talk about it is because I've been thinking about it a lot. Like a big, I mean, a huge part of my work is finding things, like finding things that match, finding things that are the right scale to fit together. And so a lot of times, like I just collect, 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 collect. And I have a load of stuff. And um, then I have to figure out like what goes with what. And sometimes I'll be like, oh, I have this thing and it would be amazing if I could 
match it with this other thing. I have to like, I used to do it only through thrift stores. Um, but then mm. after the pandemic, and also when I did that, the show at track 16 with the rabbits, I started sourcing from the internet a little bit more, but since everything is still secondhand, um, it's so much harder than you think to find these right matches. Yeah. Um, and then I've been doing the work with, um, like some of the work with the stuffed animals, um, and some of the work with stuffed animals is stuffed animals mixed with furniture. And so the furniture I primarily like find on the street, um, yeah. and the stuffed animals, I have one particular thrift store that I find them at normally. Um, but there's this whole, <laughs> this whole idea of me like searching and like the serendipity and the beauty of this moment. When I, like the other day, um, I had been, I had this couch in mind that I'm going to build for this show I have coming up in December. And I was like, man, I hope I can find this perfect couch and I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> I need to find it. Mm -hmm. um, and so like three houses down from me, my neighbors threw out this couch, like exactly like the style of the one that I wanted. And it was like, a, you know, it's a perfect, turns into this perfect moment. And so... Yeah. I guess the thing is with like, I guess what I would want to ask you is, do you find coincidence to be meaningful or do you think? I go through different cycles of like cynicism and not cynicism. Like if I am, uh, I, 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 I like, I've definitely kind of shut down on in terms of like, uh, how much I can take of like the world right now. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, Hey, I get to go out. Like, let's focus on those things so that I can like feel good about everything else. So I am trying to get more into that space. So it's actually, it's actually a coincidence that you bring it up. You know, like I am, uh, in the interest, like I have more of an interest in like reaching out to my friends that are a little bit more into like spacey shit and like, Mm -hmm. you know, occulty kind of stuff, like, because, I don't know, I mean, I guess my c conclusion, to my, my simple answer is, I really don't know, it could be, but at the same time, does it really matter if it, the experience is real for me, you know, like, so mm -hmm. essentially, like, yes and no, like, you know, yeah. depends on the <laughs> <laughs> no, I, kind of, I feel the same way. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a very cynical person too. And yeah. like kind of where I find, I guess, like <laughs> the motivation to carry on or whatever is like within this process of, of like having these serendipitous moments of being in a thrift store and like, you know, mentally having a shining light come down on something that I'm like, oh my God, I need to have that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, uh, and or, does it ever happen that you, that it's like, because it sounds like you're talking about specifically finding something that just is so perfect, but do you ever find something you're like, wait, I didn't know I needed this? Yes, all, okay. I, all the time. I mean, I think, and I think a lot of times, you know, with the way my work is finished, um, you kind of miss out, like, cause it is so seamless. You miss out on mm. this whole process of me just like sort of endlessly searching like a weird, you know, just like wandering and searching. And I think one time you and I talked about, um, 
find, finding furniture. I don't know. I feel like oh, I yeah, yeah. I was worried you know, about you having yeah, bed like bugs going, for sure. Oh, right. You were worried about me in bed bugs. And I, was, <laughs> and I was telling you the best time to go look for people throwing things out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like go on the end of the month. That's when everybody's putting, you know, cleaning out their apartments because they're moving. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> you like find all this great stuff. And, um, and I think, you know, I guess in, in like this sort of world I've built for myself, like, like the only like magic doesn't really exist. And like, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not like a religious person or anything like that. And so having these like moments of seeming coincidence or like serendipity, um, is sort of how I, um, sort of how I like justify like my you know justify existence and and also it makes it seem and it makes it seem like magic is real because like when I you know in the process of my work making everything seamless I sometimes I'm like oh yeah like I'm a magician I do these tricks like look I have this thing and this thing I you know ta-da here's the finished product but that's like a trick but when I find something in real life. Like if I'm just driving by and I see this thing I've been looking for, you know, that's like real magic. That's like, see, um, yeah, it seems like there's a ritual part to it as well. Right. Like you're, you're kind of, um, like there's definitely, you're opening yourself. It's one of those things where it's like, you could argue like, okay, for example, you could argue, well, you only saw that couch because you were looking for that couch. Uh, you know, like maybe you walk by a million couches all the time, but then at the same time, like if you don't ha- like the, one of the like tenets of like magic, uh, magical thinking and like, um, postmodern sort of, uh, ritual magic is just the idea of like, if you don't buy a lottery ticket, you can't win. So like you mm-hmm. kind of, you know, like you're not going to find these things if you're not, but then it also makes your experience of the place. Like there's some interesting stuff that people do where they'll like navigate a city with the wrong map, like with a city for a different map or or with a map for a different city. Right. Like, and, and sort of like this, like being just this like magic quest where, and, and that's like, essentially you're just like trying to find navigate by finding coincidences, you know, completely. And so to that degree, I feel like your experience of LA is probably very different than mine. Right. Like, and in that sense, that even there, that's the magic too, right? Because you're on, you're constantly on fucking adventures to find magical little creatures. And when you find it, you're yeah. like, oh, Jesus, this is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and it's, and it's so true. And it's just funny because like, I, um, you know, whenever I read about coincidence or think really logically about it, like you can, I mean, there's all these mathematicians who've done formulas like, yeah, you met someone with the same name as you. Well, the odds that that happens are, you know, there, there's like a certain odds that that's going to happen or that you meet someone with the same birthday as you. It's actually yeah. pretty good odds that that will happen. Um, but you like to think, you know, like, well, no, it, it had to be a, like, it has to be some kind of coincidence or like your grandma's grew up in the same town or something like that. Um, and so when you when you read like the research about it, it's always like, people are just making this up. It's all in your head, you know? Um, but it's funny because when it happens, like it feels so real or when you hear someone else telling a coincidence and you're like, doesn't seem like that big of a deal to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But that's such a, that's a way way to be a bummer. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, you know, it's sort of like, I guess, whatever. It's sort of like the quest for meaning and how, it, like, how people go on. And most people go on it in a really serious way. They're like, I'm on a quest for meaning, and I'm like, yeah, I'm on a quest for meaning, and it means if I find. Like a few months ago, I guess it was a couple of months ago, I had been to this thrift store that I love and I was like looking in the the area where they have all the bins of stuff that they still have to sort through. And I there was this gigantic stuffed bear in one of the bins and it was like a really huge one. It was like hanging out of the bin. I followed you know, this I, saga on Instagram, so I know oh, this, yeah, but go, go ahead. I love this. I love, I <laughs> well, want to hear you tell, tell the story. story. <laughs> and I was so, I was like, oh my God, I want that bear. But it's in the area where they were like, do not let people back there. You can't yeah. go back there. You can't be like, hey, I saw that thing. What's the price? I'll just like get the hell out. <laughs> and so <laughs> I was just like, man, that dude is going to go in the landfill. And I was like, super bummed. And then like a couple weeks later, um, I went back and, you know, I was like just in the store looking for whatever. And, um, and I went back there and there he was on the floor and I was just like, Oh my God, my bear. It's like meant to be. <laughs> Did so you sit big. in his lap? I could barely even fit him in my car. Huh? Did you sit in his lap and like coat? Like I, I have, I've sat in, I've sat on the bear's lap. I've laid on the bear. I mean, like right now the bear is on the couch that I found that I want for the show in my garage. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. No. Cause for me, like the first thought is like, man, it must be amazing to feel like a little kid again. Like to just like be nestled in something like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. And it is. And it, you know, they're like so big and the, it's funny, my sister and I were talking, I mean, like, we grew up in, like, the 80s and 90s. I think you and I are the same age. Um, yeah. Like, I just turned 40. Um, and Well, thank you uh, for thinking I'm so young, but I'm actually 41. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> um, but it seems like now stuffed animals are even softer than they used to be when we were kids. They're probably all made of plastic, which is horrible. Yeah, yeah. But they're, so, you know, it's just... Also, when I was a little kid, I was obsessed with touching everything. Like if my mom took me to the department store, I was just like in the racks, like touching the the different fabrics. <laughs> and she'd be like, what are you doing in there? Like get get out of there. Um, but I feel the same way with like the stuffed animals and like the there's such a comfort. I mean, they're already meant to be comfort objects, but when they can be like as big as you, yeah. Um, and like sort of overwhelm like you or um I don't know. It's nice. Or if you cover them, you know, covering furniture I'll, with stuffed animal fur. <laughs> just thinking about that is the, is the, like, you know, cause my bed is big enough to cradle me too, but there's something about the anthropomorphization of like this, like big cuddly thing that is cute, <laughs> supposed to be cute. And it relates to childhood, but then like the idea of it, like, there is there's uh there's an interesting psychological thing that i'm like <laughs> unfolding there where i'm like wow yeah. why does it you know why does it it's, fascinate it's, me versus the bed it's a weird thing too like i um sometime during covid i started getting these ads um they're from like a japanese company that makes these um big stuffed body pillows that look like different animals and the ad specifically said do you need a friend to hug? And then it shows all these people like hugging adults, like hugging these different stuffed animals and they're really cute and, you know, like really cuddly, but I'm sort of like, why am I getting these ads? It's like, are you sad? <laughs> well, it's interesting too. Cause like now we're just like one, uh, one step removed from like something really like kind of de 
you know, quote unquote depraved. But like, I would not say like sex dolls are depraved as much as they indicate like a level of loneliness that I hope I never relate to. But, (laughs) but, but I, there's there, I I do think that there are like boyfriend and girlfriend pillows, right? That like, uh, weebs, which I would be anime people would like, uh, I definitely have seen it in that context of like something that Mm -hmm. like, you know, not to like alienate <laughs> Weaves and Raheem Cunningham, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. But uh, what's it called? Yeah, man. It, this is all like really interesting. I always like thinking about these. Like, it is something fascinating about how we um, make like the, just the idea of representation. I guess is 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 like because it's so mass produced. Like there was a time where like you know we're like sculpture was so far advanced from painting right because it was like 3d and all that and then giotto came around but like to me it's interesting that like the romance is gone but it's still there because like definitely i think that like there's a difference there's like i would say when you're dealing with stuffed animals it's not as it's a different kind of romance and i wouldn't even say like it doesn't like i just feel like the stuffed animals are their own thing. They're not romantic, but because they're like these, like the little ceramic figurines, you know, um, they have their own context, which I feel feels like a little bit more nostalgic. Whereas like, I don't know, maybe it's we're all infantilized. And so we all just kind of relate to like teddy bears and wanting to hug them. We don't think of them as like, yeah. Well, I, I, and I think, I mean, all of us had everybody, everyone had stuffed animals as a kid. Yeah. Like, you know, even if you didn't, you know, I was one of the kids that had like a bunch of them in one of those big nets, um, <laughs> but you know, some people only had one, but everybody, like if you ask pretty much anybody, did you have like a stuffed animal you loved when you grew up? They did. But not everybody had like a special ceramic figurine or something like that. So, and for me, you know, it's it's funny just moving. Um, like I grew up in Missouri, in, in rural Missouri, and we had, my grandma made a lot of ceramic figurines. And so mm-hmm. we had, or she would pour the mass produced, like they bought molds from a company. And so that's why you see these repetitions of objects because all these women would just buy these molds then you'd pour the mold and come out with a cat. So somebody who, you know, somebody could make that mold in Ohio or California or Texas or Missouri and have the same shaped cat, but then they would like do the glazing differently. Um, So so. so is this like an Avon kind of thing where people would like, someone someone talked about a baking version of this where where, uh, uh, Melissa. Is it the case? Yeah, I listened that i thought (laughs) she was awesome it it seemed i didn't yeah that was that was really cool because i was just like you know i don't know things i'm I'm always like things just seem very midwest to me um i remember growing (laughs) up and there was a girl in my class who was taking she she won a 4-h medal for cake decorating when we were like in the eighth grade and we made fun of her really bad because (laughs) we were like you do cake decorating (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to be, you know, because we're in eighth grade and we're thirteen and really mean. Uh, but thirteen-year-old girls are very mean. <laughs> They've very hurt my mean. feelings. And I used I to love, coach them. And I don't know. I don't know why I made fun of her because I loved decorating cakes. <laughs> I was not good at yeah. it, but I loved doing it. Um, but yeah, so I think that 
you know, for me, the ceramic figure, like I collected miniatures as a kid. So okay. miniature ceramic animals. As um, a kid, how, and, how young as a kid? Um, I mean, so my, since my grandma, my grandma made a lot of things and she died when I was five. And so before she died, she made like quite a bit of stuff we would get out during different holidays. Like we had a box of Christmas stuff with like reindeer and Santa's and stuff. And then a box of springtime with little chicks and turtles and frogs and rabbits. And then she made me, um, a bank, like a teddy bear bank. And, um, I was born like kind of close to Easter. And so like a ceramic rabbit holding a giant Easter egg, that says my name on it. (laughs) (laughs) And so I had all those things like from birth basically. Um, and then I guess probably, I'm not sure when I got the first one, but I had to have been like four, four or five years old. Um, and I think there's a factory. Ceramic figurines and four-year-olds. It's like, that's why I ask, you know, like I I was a pretty, um, going back to coincidences. Like, it seems like you were sort of (laughs) destined, predestined. Like someone was like, here, here's a ceramic figurine. Well, and I think you break your first ceramic figurine. uh, Oh my God. So that's actually the funny thing about the, the rabbit with the giant egg with my name on it is, um, that was like, it was probably seven, seven inches tall or something like that. And so it was like pretty big. And I, had it on my dresser, but I broke that thing. Oh God. I mean, I broke its ears off multiple times, but it was special to me. And I also was scared to tell my mom that I broke it, mm-hmm. even though, I mean, I don't know. My mom, my mom is really nice. <laughs> like she wouldn't <laughs> have been mad, but I was just, I don't know. I was like an overly sensitive kid. And I was just like, I can't, like I can't do anything wrong. And I like broke this and I'm freaking out. And so I kept breaking the rabbit and kept gluing it back together. So okay. I glued it with like all these different types of glue. And so like, by the time I was <laughs> you know, in my twenties, it was just like the rabbit with like globs of glue. And then the ears kind of like, you know, all off kilter and it was sad. Um, and so that was the first thing I fixed, um, when I learned to do restoration was I, was I and how did you get rabbit. into restoration? But it, this is fun. Um, like, this is, I mean, we, I felt like I should start trying to get us back to co- coincidence, but it seems like we're still on the topic. <laughs> yeah. And, well, you know, that's kind of, and that's, and that's sort of the whole thing. I mean, it was funny because when I was thinking about this, like how my whole process of, of searching for things and finding things, and then how I've kind of like done my life has <laughs> really been a, I mean a what, little bit like what uh what were you raised like in terms of religion you said you're not religious now but like um, no I'm not religious now but so I was raised uh, my parents were uh liberal um uh, liberal protestant christians and so like okay. the church they're in it's funny because everyone thinks it's Church of Christ. They're in this, um, it's a church called Disciples of Christ. But basically the tenets of the church are um, humans are supposed to be good stewards to the environment and the earth that we have. So we're supposed mm-hmm. to like take care of the earth. It's really important. And it's really important to help people who are like suffering, like or in poverty or whatever. But it's not big on like, preaching the gospel it's just like these people are hungry let's give them food we don't need to tell them about jesus and give them food we're just gonna be like hey 
we're still repping <laughs> Jesus. That is an interesting yeah, point, like, you know, like we're from a church, but we're not here to like proselytize. Yeah. We're that's just interesting. here to hell. Well then um, the guilt, cause, cause I'm, so, I, I'm, yeah. I'm fascinated yeah. by the origin story of you, of, of you becoming a restorer by way of your insane guilt. And I was thinking Catholic, but no. So, so, uh, and not Jewish, obviously. So, <laughs> cause that's another, another heavy, I don't, I don't, do the Protestants have like a rep for, for having guilt? Cause. No, I mean, it's not from, you know, I think it's just that, um, I think it's more of a thing. I just liked, I, I like in a, in a weird way, I like order and I like, I like things to be a certain way. Mm. And so like in my own head, I have like built the way, you know, like I'm the person that doesn't break the rabbit. Somebody else yeah. breaks the rabbit. It's not me. Uh, <laughs> and, and I don't. And through like, the horror of becoming that person, that person that breaks the rabbit, you had to become the person that fixes. This is amazing, dude. I feel like I'm getting deep. I, <laughs> I mean, it's really funny though, because ever since I was little, I've like I've been that type of of person. I was like painfully shy, you know. I was painfully shy, and I read all the time. And um, and one of the things, like I remember so clearly from being a little kid is I, I hated conflict. And so like, if people, you know, like if somebody like pushed me at recess, I would just be like, that's not nice. And <laughs> I said it enough, like when I was in kindergarten, that in kindergarten, I got made fun of for telling people they weren't nice. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I'm just like, no, but the order is that we're nice. I like, I'm nice to you. You're nice to me. And we can all do the things we want to do and it'll be okay. <laughs> and so like learning that's not how things work. I was like, oh my God, like, you know, not good at conflict. Uh, that sounds like a very Midwestern, like, uh, space that you could think that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. It, I mean, it is like, you know, it's funny. Um, you know, my parents, like, I grew up in a really rural area, but my parents like both have master's degrees. And so that was kind of unusual because it was mostly everybody's parents were like farmers. And then my parents, like my mom was a teacher and I mean, they both kind of taught in different ways, really both my parents. Um, and so I don't know, I guess my parents were always just like, everything can like be solved through these incremental and logical processes. <laughs> Okay. Kind of, but then so like in the world, you know, every person is like a rogue agent, you know? I just picture <laughs> you like being like, has the whole world gone insane? Like just as a little kid, like what, what, this isn't how it's supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much it. <laughs> and then all the other kids being like, <laughs> she thinks it's supposed to be anyway. That sounds awful. I'm so sorry. I, 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 it's nice that you haven't lost that. You're, you're still a very nice person and very pleasant. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'm just like, a, I was just a, like a, a really oversensitive little kid. And I just, and also, you know, I read a lot. And when you read all the time, like everything, well, every story arc has this like clean resolution, or for the most part, when you're reading as a young person, yeah, every story arc has this clean resolution. And so yeah. I just, I don't know. I kind of like lived inside of, of that, like the story arc gets messy and everything's cleaned up in the end, but we get to see the end, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is yeah. not how 
this works. There aren't too many unsolved mysteries in the uh, what's it what's it called the Nancy Drew series, <laughs> like, just right. like, leaving people with ambivalence <laughs> at a young yeah. age, and we <laughs> like, never figured it out. <laughs> parent, that, I I could just like see the uproar of parents like just like. How the fuck dare you put these thoughts into my kid? They're not ready for it. <laughs> uh, and the crime was never solved. The end. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I actually and here's how little I know about Nancy Drew is that like I mean I know it is a reference but I, did, did she do murders? Um I don't think there were any I don't you know what? I don't actually know. I read some of those books but not a, not a bunch of them. I feel like they weren't murders. They were always something like something got stolen or somebody disappeared, but they weren't dead, you know, yeah. like yeah, yeah. low stakes, lower stakes for little Nancy. Like uh, Hardy Boys uh. stuff. That that would be the, yeah. the, the thing, the, my point of reference. I did read those when I was a kid. And that just goes to show how ancient we are. <laughs> no, I know. I know. Like, I, to me, it's so funny. At work, I always troll my coworkers that are young. I'm just like, like you, you know, it, it's the only fun thing. <laughs> Back in I my day, them, before the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially for our generation, or, or for our particular segment of this generation. Because I, well, you're a millennial. I'm a, a Generation X, technically, but. <laughs> We're closer to each other than I am to my brother who's six years older. So like the things like, how the fuck are you not going to milk the fact that you can be like, bro, you have no idea what it was like to look like, do you know what a yellow pages is? <laughs> and, <things Yeah>. like <laughs> that. and then the, the pop culture ones are, are the best where it's like, do you, do you know who Joe, what Joey Lawrence was famous for? And they're like, who the fuck is Joey Lawrence? Oh, right. <laughs> And then I go, whoa. <laughs> and then my coworker laughs, who's old too. <laughs> oh my God. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, you got to enjoy being well, an old person, man. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, I, it's, I, I just, I'm just like, oh, this is weird. This time passed really fast. That's what I think. You know what? Though I do look at them and I'm not like, fuck, I wish I was their age. <laughs> oh, no, know, me like, either. I'm kind of, I don't know. I guess that's where my cynicism kicks in is I'm always yeah. like, I, if I look back, I'm like, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. Why would I want to, you know, yeah. I'm like, I'm okay here. <laughs> I don't want to go back. To I here. know what happened there already. Yeah, yeah. I like don't need to rehash that. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I definitely don't, don't go like, I wish I was 10 years younger. <laughs> right yeah i don't either it's like 10 um, years dumber <laughs> not that d young yeah. people are dumb but like how to fucking cope with my existence and all my like you know <laughs> well even like when you think back to when you were i mean you know every age i can think back to i remember thinking like i'm you know i'm like really mature or whatever you know i thought that when i was like 22 and i thought that when i was 27 and now when i look back at myself i'm like ugh. Well, I, like now it's just kid. like I was such an asshole all the time. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like I did not know the norms that you were <laughs> that, that you were instilled with, like the the rules. I was like, man, yes. And then and then I have to be like, well, that's not that's not you. That was you. You know, that's like like it. It really is an entirely different person. But it like it is that is one of the challenges of looking back and being like, yeah, well. 
I've worked out my mental health issues, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> <laughs> that's why I was a dick. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> While I go back and just like play the highlights of every time I was a bad person. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, do, you, do, yeah. do you get caught on that? You know, it's funny. Cause like I, as like, as I previously said, I was usually like at a, as a little kid, the person to be like, that's not a nice, you know, you're not being nice. But then as a teenager, I started realizing like, I was really good at arguing. So I would yeah. argue, you know, like whatever about whatever with anybody and try to win. Cause I love to win. Um, and then I would also, I was like super sarcastic and, and I would inadvertently hurt people's feelings yeah, yeah, like yeah. from, you know, from being sarcastic and liking to argue and then not realize it and then find out later and feel really, really bad. <laughs> I can relate so, to everything you've just said. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah. Yeah. I mean, not like, I guess that's my point. It being that like, it's not all, it's not all tea and crumpets uh, <laughs> to be older, but yeah, I definitely feel like at this point though, my, the, the healthy, uh, the healthiness of having done some therapy, I guess that's, that, that's what I wouldn't want to go back to not having done all the therapy. <laughs> right. <laughs> to, right. To, yeah. To go back to not having the tools to like deal with shit, you know, like, and then just like getting, I, uh, you know, sometimes I see coworkers and I'm like, oh my God, they haven't learned that lesson. Like, you right. Know? <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's oh. for sure. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> anyway, so back um, to oh, coincidences. We should talk about, yeah. I was like, we should talk about how I got into restoration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's kind of one of the, so you started off with the, uh, with the, 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 uh, sh the, uh, rabbit of shame. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, my sad rabbit. Um, so actually what happened was like, I, um, got my bachelor's degree, um, in St. Louis and I was like doing custom picture framing and like, not, you know, going like what I got an art degree, what do I do? Cause mm -hmm. they don't tell you. <laughs> just, and so then, and then so your I was parents doing give that you advice and, and they don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically. Um, and so I just always assumed I was like, Oh, I'll get an MFA and then I'll teach and that'll be what I do. Um, and so I ended up like I was out of school like a year. Um, and I applied to some MFA programs and I, I applied to like five programs and I got rejected from three and waitlisted on two. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, <sighs> I was just like, I've been rejected. Basically. Yeah. I was like, this is, um, this is terrible. What am I going to do? And like my, the whole thing was at the time, like I wasn't working with ceramics at all. I did like work on paper and, um, altered books and painting and stuff like that. And I, I did both painting and 3d and like all these programs kept being like, well, you don't really fit properly into our painting program and you don't fit into our sculpture program. Like we, you're, yeah. we can't take you. And so I was like, okay, well, I want to move away from St. Louis. Um, and so my advisor in college, her daughter had just moved to Austin and she was like, Austin seems like a really cool town. It's not that expensive. Um, and so like I, I moved there um, and didn't have a job. And then I just like randomly ran across an ad for someone who was looking for an assistant for ceramics restoration. 
And it was on some weird website. It wasn't on like Craigslist or anything. It was like on some, I don't know, 2005 um, job board that like barely anyone would ever even find or use. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and so it was this ad and it was all like, oh, you have to be good at, um, you have to be good at like puzzles, good at, um, you know, working with different materials and then uh, color matching. And I knew I was really good at color matching from um, this previous job I had doing picture framing. And so I like basically went in and met with this guy and he was like, yeah, I've been doing this for 30 years. Um, I've tried to hire assistants before. They haven't been very, very good at the work. And he's like, so I never expect anybody's going to be good at this. (laughs) That's what he told me. He's like, everybody's He's like, I've tried it. It's, it's bad. You're probably going to do bad, but I will like, let, I will try to, I will try to train you basically. And so I started working for him and I just had like an insane knack for it. I was like really good with the materials, just like really good. And so after like a year, he wasn't even, he owned like some other weird business too. And so he, after, after about a year, he was just throwing every restoration job that came in at me. He was like, oh, you can do this one. You can do this one. You can, and, it, and if he was like, oh, you might not know this material yet. So he'd be like, you're going to use this and do this and you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> then one day, I think I worked for him like year and a half, two years. He came in to the studio and he was like, I'm not going to do this restoration business anymore. So like, if you want to keep doing it, you're, you know, you have plenty of skills. I'll just, uh, tell people that call me to call you and <laughs> nice. there you go <laughs> so okay yeah. so serendipitous and, destined. yeah like serendipitous de- yeah <laughs> des- destined to be and then i and i was able to fix my rabbit <laughs> do you do you uh do you feel like well how how do you feel like you were destined to do this kind of thing like i mean is i mean i know we said it jokingly but like it seems like you kind of were leading. I, I have been much more aimless in my art, uh, and I'm sure there are a lot uh, more people that have had my experience. But it seems like you've been on a path. Is did it feel that way at all? I mean, it was just weird because, like, at the time, it was weird what happened because at the time my artwork didn't have anything to do with ceramics and didn't have anything to do with figurines like I worked with a lot of found images and found objects but not not like the kitsch ceramics I just had Mm. them in my life but they weren't in my artwork and so it wasn't until I started doing restoration that my artwork turned um and so it is it's like the whole kind of um path of like happy accidents in this weird um weird way because like I wouldn't I wouldn't say like I was destined to do this or whatever, but I'm really good at it and mm. I like it. Um, and it makes people happy. Yeah. So I get to be nice. Well, I have some, I have a piece that my mom made that I definitely am going to eventually hand over to you. Um, cause I don't even know. It's, it's really nice piece. It, it, it's like, she, she started to do these things that looked kind of primitive and, and, uh, they're hard to like kind of describe, but they were, and, and I broke one that she gave me that for my birthday and I was like so upset. So I'm going to definitely eventually, uh, hand it off to you when I fucking get my life in order. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, 
It's so funny because a lot of the clients I have, they'll be like, oh, I've had this in a box for like 20 years. And I either they like didn't know it could be fixed. And then they like somehow found out um, or they just, you know, they've just like been sitting on it for whatever reason. It's like, oh, now I like have the time to do this or whatever. So um, I don't know. I love kind of being sucked into people's sentimentality about stuff, which makes it like that's the fun part about working for just like regular people. So a lot of times I work with artists or dealers um, and that's still, that's fine too. But like the best, (laughs) the best thing is to fix something that someone really loves, you know? And then you get to, you get to like give their, you know, like give their feelings back to them or like give them back their, their memories. Well, it's also, it must be like an interesting thing to be able to do it's sort of like, like you know how like doctors, they ha- they always have like people asking them about their ailments. Like mm-hmm. it must be feel sort of serendipitous where it's like where someone where just you see it, it click in people's heads that they have a piece, and that like they've been worrying. You know they they never even like because I didn't know that I just kept it because I was like I'm not gonna fucking throw this away. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, with without any actual hope even that it would be fixed when they just like it's just stored right uh because now because even though it's it's still the same thing even though it's changed matter or you know right. state of matter <laughs> it's not mm-hmm. liquid but you get what i mean um but but yeah that that's kind of interesting do you uh, like do you get into any like uh more like sh- give me an example of you getting into your most like woo woo hippy dippy like do you ever read anything on that do do you like is it mostly just because i'm sure there's like a lot of literature on serendipity is are you talking more in terms of your experiences it's more in terms of my experiences like i'm more inclined to read the stuff that says coincidences aren't meaningful like i'm more inclined to read the things that say like if you really like break it down and look at the facts you'll see that there's no meaning but then i also like the part of my brain that likes to argue always likes to turn around and say but but like look at all this meaning like that yeah. i you know made or manifested or whatever and i think that that's um and i think that's like a lot of what i do with the, the ceramics is like manifesting um manifesting meaning um, out of, out of something. And I like, and being, and being like contrarian to people who are like, uh, ah, um, I love that movie. Uh, I don't think anyone likes this movie, but me, but did you watch that movie? I heart Huckabees ever. Oh yeah. It, it came was out fun. Like late. I, I enjoyed I like, it. I mean, I, I can see the problems with it. Yeah. Go ahead. There's a lot of problems with it, but yeah. the, <laughs> the entire concept is that you go to these existential detectives and they, end up showing you that the coincidences you see in your life aren't meaningful, but then through understanding they're not meaningful, that's like how you find meaning. Just like, you know, this sort of, I like that loop of philosophy where every question you ask just ends up going on a trail to another question, you know? Yeah. Um, It's like a snake eating its tail. Well, it's an interesting thing because it is, it's an undeniable experience, right? Like you, when you experience serendipity, it's something that charges you. It makes you feel something, whatever. Uh, But at the same time, it's not necessarily quantifiable. But for me, just the notion that like, you know, like to some degree, 
there's like a whole set, subset of literature about how about people using magical thinking like it's magical thinking essentially right like on on an objective level but there is something to be said about like you know like for example you know the basic example would be like when you before you start something a, a big project and like like let's say you're microsoft right <laughs> to some degree he had to be a narcissist before <laughs> you know <laughs> before he made microsoft he had to have the delusion that he could fucking be no one had really done yeah. that shit right so so th I, th in terms of it like being useless it's like a it's it's like it's part of being a human right like to have superstition have you I, and i know for myself like for example just dumb shit like i was like oh the marlins lost because i went to a game I was like, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, like back in the day when they, and then it was just like, no, the Marlins lost because they're a fucking expansion team and they suck. <laughs> and it's kind of, and they're actually pretty good by the time, by nine, time 96 rolls around. It was like 92 to 96 in a four year span. They fucking won the World Series. So, right. so like the reality, <laughs> but the experience there is different, right? So it's interesting. The other thing about I Heart Huckabees is that, my problems with it now are actually, I literally thought about it the other day and I thought about how I liked it, but I'd have to watch it again because it is sub, like, there is something to existentialism that is, is inherently privileged in, in some way, mm -hmm. yeah. right? Like, yeah. like you have idle time to think, I mean, I guess if you're like, life is miserable, you could contemplate that too. But that level of airiness, right? Of like well, finding and, meaning. And that whole I mean, that whole movie, it, like the whole thing, like Jason Schwartzman, you know, is the main character in the movie. And um, like his, he's a poet for uh, environmental, um, an environmental group. He like leads their a nonprofit and writes poetry for them. Like he's kind of like a white privilege icon in that job. Yeah, yeah, and then his, yeah like, exactly. parents are helping him like find a real job. And so, and and then when they go through his supposed coincidences, you see that he's kind of had the time to, he hasn't, he's planned them without planning them in a, in a way. Like he, he'll keep showing up at these places where he kind of gets the idea that these coincidences are going to happen. And yeah, like he has all this extra time to like sit there and, and be like, where is the meaning? Where is the meaning? And if you're, I mean, not everybody has to care about me. Not everybody has time to care about meaning. Some people are just trying to like not die. Um, yeah, survive. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, like, I, you know, I'm like, I don't have kids to deal with. Like, I don't have that. So I have time to like, you know, be like, oh, I don't, I don't have to go pick up anybody from school. I'm going to hit the Oh no, I wasn't store. calling you out. I, but, but <laughs> oh, I do. No, no. Yeah. I mean, dude, we're artists. Like, that in and of itself is part of like, like without agriculture, there would be no, no, there wouldn't be that level of specialization, right? If we were still hunter gatherers, you know, like we can, we can always like go like, that's not at all what I'm saying. What I'm saying is like, it's interesting, like the idea of, of this serendipity, like, for example, uh, one of the biggest names in sort of this magical thinking thing is, is uh, uh, Alistair Crowley, right? He inherited a fucking shit ton of money. <laughs> yeah. Right? And he spent it all and went destitute, like for a while, you know? <laughs> but but the the so so yeah, I mean that 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 was just the point that I was making. Like it is an interesting space. 
like I kind of I think that is where that sin like it's almost like cynicism is a necessary tool to counterbalance that because I have been in spaces. I can you relate to this? Like where I have just become completely superstitious and start <laughs> talking about coincidences. My chair just fucking God's uh, striking the, you down. Watch out. The lock, the lock that keeps my chair upright from leaning back slipped and I just fell <laughs> as I was talking about coincidence, but not to lose my train of thought. Like if we both get struck by lightning during this podcast, something serious <laughs> is going on. <laughs> But yeah, but but oh, right there. This makes it so much more fun, right? The conversation now it's like it's like ooh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, but so, I, I mean, I love I love like entertaining those ideas. Like yeah. I love entertaining. I love entertaining, or like I love sports. I love sports superstition. Um, like yeah. Oh man, I wore that shirt the last time they lost. I can never wear it again, or they're gonna lose. You know, or like. Um, I always have to be standing, you know, in the seventh inning, I have to be in this part of the stadium or they're going to lose or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Um, and, and I love, I don't know. I, I love the drive of people to like go through, like jump through the hoops of superstition, but I also don't, it can be different. You know, I know when it, yeah, I know when it comes down to it, it doesn't matter. So like, you know, I'm like, (laughs) I'll walk under a ladder. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to, um, but I loved, like, growing up, I loved to read about, you know, I loved Unsolved Mysteries. I loved to read about occult stuff. And so, you know, I want, it's like, I want to believe. Yeah. Like, yeah. I want, you know, I want to believe in everything. Like, I want to believe that it matters. Um, you know, if I wear yellow on this day and I find $20 on the ground, then every time I wear yellow, I'm going to find $20. Can you um, imagine if that is how it worked? <laughs> <laughs> I just got excited at the thought. (laughs) (laughs) But the way that some people like perceive the world, you know, it it, is like, it is that kind of, you know, they're, they're very like wrapped up in every action I, I do is gonna, and I mean, I guess kind of, I'm like, I guess kind of it does like what do you think about everything's connected or whatever, but, um, what goes to the thing, like, for example, it goes it goes to the thing about like the zodiac. Like when I was a kid, there were days that I just wouldn't go to school if the if my horoscope was not was not up to par. Sure, I was lazy and I was using excuses and I was pretty good at it. <laughs> but also, like I kind of to some degree had that superstition where I believed it, right? Whereas, like I wrote a I wrote a paper on how astrology might be real in high school, <laughs> a research paper. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So yeah, you dabble with these things and you start to narrow it down. I also, you know, but, uh, uh, but anyway, like the reality is though, that like, you know, as broad as horoscopes are written, there is a stubbornness to every motherfucking person that I know that is, was born in May, like literally one time, <laughs> six guy friends of a, like that, that would hang out in the neighborhood. Like we were, we were all just hanging out, having beers and we we constantly argued, and I still love those guys. Like it wasn't like it was just arguing for arguing's sake. It wasn't like <laughs> it wasn't low blows or anything like that. It was just like uh, you know facts and facts and these facts and these facts, you know. Um, and then one day we all realized we were all Tauruses, <laughs> and so for me that experience is very real and very grounded because I was like, oh shit, there is something to it. And on a, and on some level, if your birthday is 
in May when it's nice and lovely <laughs> versus my grandmother used to always say, oh, the day it doesn't rain on my birthday is the day I die. I'm like, grandma, you live in Miami <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's hurricane season. Like, <laughs> what yeah. are you talking about? Thank God it's going to always rain because you're always going to be in Miami. <laughs> Well, I, I think it's funny too. Like I was born on Friday the 13th. Nice. My mom actually had labor induced on Friday the 13th. So like, I was like, cause the doctor was going on vacation and that was the only available day. And so she was like, I so okay. wish you had turned out into, to be a serial killer right now. Like, <laughs> but so yeah, it's, you know, it's funny. I don't know. I feel like, you know, growing up on like a day every, like having your birthday on a day, everyone's like afraid of. You know, then you're like, am I, am I special? I must be special. <laughs> and, and also to be like, but it's not a, you know, it, it's not a negative day for me. Like it's, you know, it's my birthday. It's a great day. It's Friday the 13th. <laughs> um, and so I, I don't know. I, I don't, I like all those. I don't know. I like the weird stuff people make up and believe in. And I mean, like some of it's horrible and it also like totally ruins lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, but there's like a fun aspect to the smaller version of it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as long as like you're not destroying your own life or someone else's because you like believe it, you know. But yeah, I definitely like, and like I said, I think it can be practical. Like, like some, some level of delusion is healthy, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I think, you know, like I've had a relatively easy life and I'm always just like, Life is hard, even when it's easy, yes, you know, and so I can't, is. it's, and if it's hard when it's easy, you know, it's just, you have to kind of take what you can, you can get. Um, and, and having, you know, like having something that like having something good happen to you by coincidence or just through serendipity, like, um, I don't know, you know, like if you're in a drive-through line and someone pays for your order, and then all of a sudden you're like more special because your order got paid for yeah. and you didn't do anything at all except go to a drive through which probably shouldn't even be in anyway. Shouldn't yeah. Be and that, that person probably food, helped you a little closer to your grave. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, like you could, you could go on the turn where it all goes badly for you because of that. Yeah. But then you're also like in that moment, um, it's kind of like the best when something spontaneously happens to you that makes you feel happy, that's like the happiest you can get. Yeah. Um, it's like this pure kind of moment, little burst of, of happiness. We're going to delve real quick into like the dark side of Javi's childhood or, or ch ch of Javi growing up. Uh, I don't know if you've ever done Special K, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, that that drug is actually it's a pretty interesting psychedelic it it it's a dissociative so it's like a completely different experience from like mushrooms or lsd or anything like that but one of the quirks of it is that it makes you feel like everything is happening by coincidence and it's one of the most amazing feelings and it's literally a high for a drug that people enjoy doing <laughs> so like it's part of it right like i remember going to see what, it was just like the most, like now trying to even recount it, it's so convoluted. But like, I was like, we went, we were in one part of San Francisco and then we came back uh, to the house 
And then we were just in time to go see the movie using the public transportation. And it was like this like huge thing in my head. And I was like, no, that's just living with public transportation. You know, it's like really <laughs> fucking practical. And if you're coming from Miami over there, of course, it's like, whoa. <laughs> but yeah, it's that that feeling is like amazing. And then I remember also, I don't know if you you know uh I forget who the the what the true crime story uh, guy really is, but the uh, Macaulay Culkin was in a movie called Twenty Four Hour Party People, and I it's literally it's it's literally about these ravers in New York who I don't know if they killed somebody or if he died. I can't, I can't remember the exact details, but basically. The dudes just kept fucking doing Special K and completely blocked out the fact that this guy was dead and rotting in their bathroom. And and like and I'm like, I'm like, yeah. And I and I'm just like <laughs> picturing them go like, he died. What a coincidence, bro. <laughs> you know? But those those it's mind-blowing. It really is a mind-blowing experience, you know, in terms of just like like I can see why you get addicted to it and why you can like sort of all of a sudden just like want to believe that everything has meaning, you know, like everything that saying everything happens for a reason is so cruel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. Like, I, I mean, I hate that. I yeah. like hate that saying, but then it's also, um, I'm like, I don't think everything happens for a reason, but sometimes good things happen for no reason to someone. Yes. And if that someone's you, then hooray. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think the the everything happens for a reason is so sinister because it's like basically it's like your fault that you're not understanding what's happening. It's that same God works in mysterious ways where it's like it's just like, hey, I'm going to go ahead and invalidate everything that you're feeling right now, which is like yeah, super healthy. That's what I hate about it is it only comes up when like either somebody is like super sick or somebody dies. People are like, everything happens for a reason. I'm like, fuck you. Like, what are you trying to tell me that this, you know, that my relative got terminal cancer because, because what? Because like, yeah. they deserve to get it? Or is it because I need to be taught a lesson? Or like, what kind of bullshit is that? Yeah. Like, nobody, no, nobody needs that. <laughs> it's so hard <laughs> enough. Like For what? sure, for sure. Are you still there? We can like, I mean, in just this little world where we can like apply, apply coincidence to good things. And then when bad things happen, we'll say that wasn't, you know, you didn't have control over that. Like, that's kind of what yeah. I love, I guess, about the idea of coincidence is we have control over so little. And yeah. so the idea, it's like winning a little lottery. It's like winning your own tiny lottery. But at the same time, like going back to the thing about buy, of the lottery ticket, since you just like looped it back. So <laughs> I didn't even realize that you had said that because I was already going this way. <laughs> but the idea of like, you know, there is a participatory element to it. Right. And so if you are like, I think it's one thing to be guided by like coincidences and make life like altering decisions based on like, you know, oh, the cup fell this way when it fell <laughs> or, you know, like something like that. Whereas like, I think it can also, it can actually be healthy to sort of make like, cause what essentially you're doing a ritualistic practice, right? Like you're a magician, you're making things manifest and all of that. So in that sense, I do think that like, you're not uh, like you're inviting it into your life, but you're still like, it's not like ruling you, you know, it's not like, 
It's I, the concern is when it starts taking your free will, or whatever, or, or however it is that we experience our understanding of what free will is. Right? Like, let's not get into that discussion. <laughs> That's too much. <laughs> but <laughs> but to use it as yeah, a, as, I, yeah, I've compartmentalized it all like into my art practice. It doesn't yeah. really. I mean, it 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 applies a little bit in the the greater part of my, I guess my art practice is such, is such a big part of my life. Mm. I can like have all my, you know, kind of like wonder and, um, and like serendipity happening, happening there. And in the rest of my life, I'm like pretty wildly practical. Um, like, (laughs) and so that, that space, um, the space of my art practice is a, is a, a space where you know things can like happen happen magically or coincidentally and it doesn't like do, it doesn't hurt anyone or affect anyone yeah, <laughs> or it just brings you a little happiness and keeps you motivated yeah or if it affects anyone it's somebody being like they're either like wow i love that art or they're like oh my god i hate that art um and that <laughs> you know that's not like like nobody died i'm uh, still so <laughs> excited that that people like are just like no okay so so one time this was before I did ceramics but this is the funniest thing that ever happened to me with a piece of art somebody giving me their opinion so I used to make the I used to make a lot of altered books and so I would take like pre-existing books and I would just like look at the content and then I would do whatever I felt like needed to be done Mm. so kind of the same thing I do with the ceramics except it was with books um and I had this one book where Um, I started like, I broke it up into sections and started sewing with a sewing machine through the pages. (laughs) I thought you were going to be like, well, you know, I took the Quran and the Bible. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) And people were really offended. I don't know why. (laughs) No, but I did make my, um, I did make my college philosophy textbook into a bunch of baskets. Um, I think the philosophers would have been And then actually I only took out some of the sections and then I sold the book back to the school because uh, <laughs> I needed the money and the book was worth hustler. like $90. I like, I like it. I dig it. <laughs> but yeah, I was doing these other altered books and I had this one that I had sewn through with a sewing machine. And so each section got kind of like the, the paper of the page started getting obliterated Um, and so all there was left was like these mats of thread and like the paper itself had like fallen away. Um, and so it ended up being like probably 10 sections. And by the time you got to the end, it was just like this massive thread and you couldn't see any of the words and it would like crumble out pieces of paper. And this little girl came into my studio and she was like probably eight just like little kid. And this was when I lived in Austin and she She's like, can I look at your books? And so she looks at this book and she just goes, you're a book murderer. (laughs) And then she was like, (laughs) and then she's like, I can't believe you didn't just, and then she was like, why did you do this? And I was like, well, you know, this text wasn't useful anymore. Like, you know, I tried to give some reason. She's like, you could have at least taken it to the, to the, thrift store giving it to someone who needed something to read and like how dare you and she like went on this long tirade like this little little person just 
just and I was like okay (laughs) (laughs) so you know then after anything that happened with the ceramics where people are like oh it's a freak or a lot of times what happens too which is kind of hilarious is since these things are so mass produced and you never know how many of a certain ceramic figurine has like been made Mm -hmm. you know it could be 20 it could be like 10,000 um, you just don't really have that good of an idea. And so occasionally I'll like alter a figurine and then someone will see it and they'll be like, oh my God, I have that. They'll <laughs> have like a, a, the piece of it or the original and it can be like really like jarring and terrifying for them because they're like, but, but that's, that's my cat. <laughs> like, you know, amazing. They, like, I'm starting to get jealous because it. it seems like both you and, uh, and um, a- Adrian, have the same reaction from people that I'd never get. I never, I'm never offended somebody with my art. And now I'm feeling like I'm not really like, I'm not going deep enough. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Cause I don't even like, that's not even like what I set out to do at all. It just, ha- it, the, you know, it's, I guess I knew when I started making the ceramics, I knew some people would think they were like scary or be, they would be like jarred by them. And I used to be really careful when I first started doing restoration on my own to keep my restoration work really separate from my artwork Mm. because, you know, I'm like not trying to scare old ladies or whatever. But then I was (laughs) always making it look like that. (laughs) But then, like, well, and you know, it's funny because it would sometimes when people would find out like what my art was like, they'd be like, ugh. Uh, (laughs) But then at a certain point, I was also just like, well, there's not many people who do ceramics restoration. I do it. And I don't need to like hide my artwork from people. Cause also my artwork like shows what a good skill set I have for restoration. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, I'm not going to stick an extra head on somebody's, you know, figurine that I'm fixing, but I can do a commission where I will stick an extra head on your figurine if you would like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing. I, I think that's hilarious. I I, I have some uh, some deep self analysis to do because I'm not I I I'm I'm like I'm legitimately jealous that there because I don't know I don't it must be like the the because I, I mean I you don't have from my experience the troll element that like I think that like um, Adrian has it a little bit more. But I think that you're actually like so so Midwestern like you're cynical, but I don't think that you like you don't necessarily like to get people's goat like as much as you know. Yeah, no, I'm not. I don't know. I don't I I don't understand shock value very well. Like my brain is just like um, and I love and and so I just I don't know. I'm, I just do things because I think that the like the form dictates it or I've yeah. like created a story in my head and that makes sense. And it like all makes sense to me. And it doesn't have anything really to do with what people will think. Yeah. Because usually I'm just like, I'm either either I think something, either something feels perfect or it feels hilarious. Like that's how yeah. I know when I've gotten to where I want to be. I'm either like, oh my God, this is so funny to me or like this feels so perfect to me. Yeah. And I never, I don't know, I'm never really that worried about like, 
Because what, what Adrian was saying was that that she that that whenever she hits that nerve and people start reacting like that, that she's that's where she's like, huh? Let's explore this space, but you don't, which is interesting. But you still get the same reaction. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. I just I just think it's um I see because I guess to me this sounds or sounds terrible. I'm gonna say it anyway. Um, I when people react badly to my work. I just see it as them having a personal flaw. <laughs> no, no, I, I definitely think that, but I'm just not getting that reaction. I'm not hitting the, that nerve. So like, you know, so now I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck, bro? How, how, well, that, that, I think that, there's something, Yeah, I mean, I think there's something too about like, like Adrian and her working with, um, with like toys and stuffed animals and like really, you know, cute thing. I think that it's about working with cute things and working with these, they're like comfort objects and they're also supposed to be like, even ki like kitsch is really mm. important to people like as yeah. a, as a representation of something else. Like it, I think it's, it's like destroying what might be important. And it's weird that you can do it with something as benign as like, you know, a, a ceramic deer. Because um, you would be like, why, you know, I get it when people are using like religious iconography and stuff like that, or, um, or when are you going like to start, when are you going to start? I want to see some, <laughs> some satanic, <laughs> come on, let's go there. No, obviously that's to me, I'm just like, I always think it's funny. Cause I was like, Oh, well that's like, e you know, that's like, e it would be too easy to, it's too easy to it offend would, people, be, like offend people's like religion or whatever. Or, yeah. And um, it's like, it's I'm like, not I providing offend them in a really anything. backhanded, I'm going to offend them in a backhanded and sneaky way. Yeah. I'm going to change something you didn't even like, you didn't even know you would get offended about. <laughs> yeah that's hilarious man we could keep going but I'll, I'll let you go you're 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 having a lovely time in big bear so i don't want to keep you too long but thank you so much for joining us today uh where can people find you um you can find me on instagram at zebrazorb um, is it still zebrazorb i thought you had changed yeah. it I didn't change it. You know, I thought about changing it and I did a poll of my Instagram followers like, hey, should I change my handle to my name? And people said no. And I okay. also I guess I just really became aware of you as a person at around that point. So then I just knew your name and I was like, oh, she changed it. So it's Zebra's it's, uh, Zebra Bros. Zorb. Zebra Zorb. Zorb. So it's it's, Zorb. Um, it's like Deborah Bros. It's it's bros backwards is Zorb. Um, yeah. and zebra is like Deborah. I mean, if you searched my name, you would find me on Instagram anyway. Um, so that's mostly, I mostly post on Instagram. I'm on Facebook too, but I don't use it very much. So don't look for me there. Uh, <laughs> and I'm about to start TikToking. <laughs> I have, uh, uh, you know, I just, I like can't handle the content creation of another platform. <laughs> like, it's overwhelming. I can barely deal with like, yeah, I can barely deal with keeping up with Instagram, like being like, I don't really post once a week. Or I mean, I post, I do like a feed post once a week. And sometimes I'm just like, I can't make my weekly post. I just am <laughs> too tired. <laughs> yeah, like, it's okay. hard to really get motivated for that. Like, it, I, 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 that's where I, that's the hardest part. Like I said, I became a podcaster so that I could become a social media icon. <laughs> you know, well, or so I could learn to, how to fucking gonna, do that. Yeah, you're going to have to be on TikTok, I guess, if you're going to be a social media icon. So, yeah. well, you know, <laughs> um, I have, uh, I'll have you know 
that if I wanted to advertise uh, the notion of uh, men having, gentlemen having smooth uh, private, I, uh, I have been offered <laughs> the opportunity to be, so I officially, I think that qualifies me as an influencer, even though I have like half of your followers, not even close. I haven't broken a thousand. That's how, <laughs> but if I wanted to, and then the other one was like someone was women products. And I was just like, I, you're not even really, you're just like spamming people. <laughs> right. You're just like someone, someone take my, take my advertising money, please. Yeah. You can do and it. The, it would be funny. But the best part is just like the idea of me, like, you know, as hairy as I am. <laughs> be like, hey yeah, ladies, you do you not want to look like me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's, there's like, it's like, there's just no fuck. there's no product. It would take too long <laughs> for me to just like, just like be like Hollywood groomed. <laughs> right. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I could, I, I hear that. Um, yeah, yeah I don't, Hollywood I don't shirtless know. groomed would be would would just like you know, <laughs> I, I'm also at that age where like if I don't work out then it's just really offensive <laughs> like you know like, <laughs> like nobody wants to see that nobody wanted to see it like but like now less so. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Well, that's good. It keeps it keeps you working out though, I guess, right? Oh, Maybe. I don't work I don't out. Know. That's why I don't walk out without my shirt. <laughs> yeah, I, did I don't for a while. I did get ripped one time. Oh really? Yeah, I, I it was it was too much. I was like fucking diesel though, and I was playing soccer four days a week. I was like dead all the time. <laughs> I yeah, I don't know. I'm like I just live so thoroughly inside of my head. I'm like, what? There's an out like there. <laughs> like I live in a body. Oh yeah, whoops. <laughs> yeah, COVID was like my excuse to do everything wrong. <laughs> yeah. Just like, fast food drink alone no but i think that the great thing is is that everybody's everybody's gained weight and everybody's skin is bad from wearing masks and yeah. so i'm just like great we're all out and we all look terrible good for us that's like, exciting yeah cool. yeah i mean i'm i'm okay with it um and then oh, uh, also you're part of monte vista projects yeah i'm part of monte vista projects so we're in the bendix building we're having shows again um yeah, so right now exciting. we're yeah we're open by appointment um i think so we have a show right now curated by sydney crosscree that's really great so people Ask can go to monte vista projects yeah monte vista projects website um to set up an appointment if they want to see it and that goes through june 25th I believe maybe 27th, June 27th. Um, then we also Monte Vista projects right now has a open call. We're, um, opening the studio up to anybody or to a lucky person for a residency. So we have a residency application open right now. That'll be for, um, basically like, uh, the beginning of July through the beginning of August. And then you get a two week show after the residency period. Um, so if people are in LA area, um, and want to apply for that. That's on the Monte Vista website. Um, and then I have a show coming up in December at track 16, um, which I'm really excited about. So that's coming up for me. And then I also have a, um, release of artwork, which not a show, but like a promoted release of sculpture that's coming out, um, through paradigm gallery in August sometime. So you can see that on Instagram. 
Follow me on it's Instagram. All, yeah. It'll all be there. <laughs> It'll all be there. And then, yeah. and you, you will post the updates as, of, as they approach, right? Of like when, when I always, are. yes, I always post updates. Um, I always post kind of like what I'm up to in the studio. Um, so yeah, if people want to know more. That's, that's where to find out. Yeah. Well, I actually just realized that I already have a TikTok, so you can follow us on TikTok <laughs> at What's My Thesis, at, uh, uh, also on Instagram. I'm at Javier Proenza. Find us on YouTube if that's where you want to watch us. If you prefer to listen us, to us on audio, that I, do, I don't hate you. <laughs> I don't know. It's been weird now that, now that there's like two different ways of like listening to it. Like it's just so confusing to people. It seems like. <laughs> yeah, I see. I still just listen because I like I listen um, yeah. to podcasts in my studio, and so I don't. I'm like, no, stop making visual content. I have to look <laughs> at my own stuff and just listen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so people should like subscribe to you on podcasts and then you'll continue and then on the- YouTube and then, uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to be definitely around out. So if you want to, uh, bump into me organically, that is a thing again. So <laughs> that's exciting, right? Like it's, it so, is, it is yeah. exciting. It's the last very time weird. That, that go ahead. Oh, I just, it's very weird. I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm not used to it anymore. I'm like, oh yeah, we can just like go out and look at, literally look at people's faces. Um, yeah. It, no, it, the last th- time or the first time in a long time was that um, the High Beams 3 that I saw you at. And it was just mm-hmm. like, it was like with masks and my face, like <laughs> my glasses were getting oh all god. fogged up. It was just like, oh my God, I forgot. And then you were like, you, you pointed out how loud it was. And I was like, yes. <laughs> it was like so loud. loud. And I was so thirsty from yelling, but I didn't bring water with me because I had my mask on. And, I, and then I, I got back in the car and I was just like, uh, uh. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, I don't know if I can take this, take this. but that's okay. I'm, I'm glad society is back. It'll be good for us. Yes, it will be. No. And we'll adjust like we did. Cause I mean, it wasn't fun when we first started quarantining, but I gotta <laughs> say, I've definitely grown accustomed. <laughs> like, there have been a couple times where I've been like, oh, I'm going to go to that thing. And I was like, but it's so nice here at home. <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. 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 Hey, so, we can, yeah. you know, you can always rely on just being an introvert. You're going to be like, hey, COVID is over. I'm still an introvert. I'll be on my couch. Yeah. And if you have any comments, uh, you can leave them on our, uh, on the YouTube channel and all of that. I'm still getting used to like doing all of these things because now that I'm taking on TikTok, I'm not just taking on one new social media. I'm taking on two new social media because YouTube is new. And I was like, and I was like, I'm an asshole because I also just started doing one episode every week. I was like, I just took the biggest bite out of everything. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but Good it's luck. all automated. Anyway, thank you so much for being on the show. It was, uh, it's a blast. I look forward to running into you when you get back from Big Bear. Are you going to be, uh, uh, are, are you around? Oh. Are you, at, have you left? Yeah, LA? I'm around. We're just, we're just here for the rest of the week. And then I'm back in the studio and like back to, you know, back to regular life. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much. And thank you guys for listening. Uh, see you guys next week.